0: the empire of the suns podcast my name is kellen olson joined as always by kevin zimmerman hey
1: hey not the best circumstances for the suns to do this but here
0: we are a little turmoil 10 games in 10 games in 10 on the dot we are talking to you guys on a tuesday afternoon There's a bit of news that will come out shortly after this podcast is done. That will be if Chris Paul is playing on Wednesday. Uh, Chris left in the mid-second quarter due to right heel soreness uh, during Monday's loss to the Sixers. Did not return. He told Dwayne Rankin of Arizona Republic. Could have played. It's fine. Just being precautionary. That kind of thing. Not exactly like a, what I said on the radio earlier today is, as, as the youth say, there might be a little bit of cap in there, Kev. Yeah. little bit of cap in happening. We'll, we'll see if the cap in is indeed happening or if he's going to play. So keep an eye on ArizonaSports.com. Our Twitter feeds we will have the stories up because obviously that injury report is going to be the main part of the injury report to watch. And DeAndre, it looked like he tweaked his left ankle, did something with his left ankle in the third quarter, came out. Came back in the game in his usual slide. It's basically like he got subbed out at the right time, as usual, and came back in at the usual time. But in between that, he was getting worked on in the locker room on his something with his left foot. Uh, But keep an eye on those two in the injury report because those two are the ones we don't know about. The injury, we do know about what we're going to talk about tonight. Instead of, or today, instead of focusing on the game specifically like we tend to do on the week to week basis, uh, we got a big one. It was Cam Johnson. He tore his right meniscus. He had surgery on it to remove it, I believe, Mm -hmm. is what it was phrased as. ESPN's Brian Windhorst reporting, we thankfully got a timeline. I was so happy because the Suns are not usually that great at giving timelines for longer injuries. So I was hoping someone would report it, and we got it from Brian Windhorst. So thank you, Brian Windhorst. One to two months is the report. Aaron Maloney of Wolf and Luke said it's roughly 30 games. If you look at the two months. Yeah. It's a lot of games. And as we were repeating these numbers held since Cam got hurt in Friday's game, the starters were obliterating teams. Their offensive rating was like 10 points higher than the top number in the league overall for teams. And then their defensive rating was right around the best in the league when comparing the numbers. And now he is going to miss a month or two. What is your immediate reaction to the news, and how? I don't even want to say concern level because I don't know if it's something to be concerned about. Is it? What? What do you? How do you feel about the situation? I mean, two things on it. I
1: guess the first is obviously that starting lineup we talked about at last pod was rolling, and the spacing he provided. I. I'm right in saying he was shooting 43%, I believe, and that's just a huge piece that I thought they could have developed more and grown more off that, something that they've never had with that starting unit that Jay Crowder didn't provide was that spacing, and I think it would have opened up and allowed DeAndre Ayton to do a lot more, allowed Devin Booker to drive a lot more, Um, even Chris Paul, if he felt like operating in the mid range more. And now they don't have that. And obviously, Torrey Craig, last two games, has filled in, done pretty solid. Like we, we know what to expect out of him. And he, when he's getting more minutes, I think he can actually have more consistency from an energy standpoint than just coming in 10 minutes here and there. But the depth of the is a big problem for them. And we can get into that a little bit. Um, I will say the other part of his injury was... It's gonna impact his contract. And that might have already been in his contract situation yeah. where
0: hey four surgeries coming into this one, so I think he's at five surgeries now. Was it four? So we're I at I believe he said four on Theo Pinson's podcast, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly.
1: I, I probably missed one, but there was at least shoulder at pit, hip, hip at UNC, other meniscus and other meniscus um in his left knee. Don't know the fourth one. In the first season at UNC. So, Mm -hmm. in any case, that that was kind of the narrative, right, about why he maybe wasn't, not only was he older when the Suns drafted him, and we go back to that draft day, people thought he was drafted way too high um, because he was older and maybe he wouldn't develop, but I think it was a bigger deal that, look, players develop into, you know even when they're 30 in this league, when they're hard workers like him, but the injury thing, I, I think, is a definite thing that's going to come up in negotiations and probably did already where even just the games he did play, it was cramps. It was getting banged up in the second game, I believe, of the season. And he, he has a lot to prove as far as can I play 60, 70 games even, not even all 82. So that that's going to be kind of hanging over him into next summer.
0: I feel awful for him. I really, really hope, uh, just focusing on him and his sake, but also for, for everyone else involved, that he is not one of those guys who just gets hurt. And what I mean by that is there are injury-prone guys where you just never know like what's going to go on with them, what's going to come up. But then there are guys who it just seems like they get unlucky, but they still get hurt all the time. And this type of play, he's just running back on defense, and he's it's more of a sprint than a jog. Chris Paul jumps to deflect a pass in semi-transition, gets his leg on it. And so when it hits Chris Paul's leg, it looks like Cam is in the process of trying to start to backpedal or plan his foot and stop. And then that's where it happened. And it's like if Chris Paul just doesn't get a leg on that, then Cam's probably like he is fine. And that's just like the little luck and lack of luck that can happen in a situation like that. I really hope he can come back at this t- sort of timeline. Makes me feel good about him taking about a month, month and a half to get back to himself. And then by mid to late March, he'll be back on track with where he's supposed to be. Then he can show out in the playoffs and get the contract that he deserves because he deserves to get paid a whole lot of money because of how rare a player like him is, which is what I wrote about on the site. And if we kind of transition off of him now and go to more of the team, he is irreplaceable. There's no way to replace what he does on either end of the court. To be honest, yes, Torrey Craig is a better defender, but There are different reasons why Cam is valuable to them defensively, but then offensively, of course, the shooting, they don't have another shooter like that. They don't have another offensive player like him. I think that Mikel is more of a slasher, but I actually think Cam is the more aggressive player of the two. I think he has a more aggressive mindset more consistently. If you would have had me pick before the year who was going to average more points per game, Mikel or Cam, I think I would have said Cam, honestly. I would have honestly said that with the aggressive mindset that he has as a shooter. So this is kind of what I wrote about on the site, is that there are no good solutions for them right now. And to me, Kevin, everything, I talked about this a lot on Wolf and Luke today, the thing that I'm looking at more than anything else is not their record over these games. It is not how Tory Craig-ish Wainwright, maybe they make a trade, Kevin. Would <gasps> they do consider Why such would a you thing? do such a thing? <laughs> All that aside, which I'm going to put aside because I don't think it's the most important thing. I think the most important thing is if they use this time productively Jason, uh, uh, Jay Williams I'm sorry, Jay Williams joined us on Wolf and Luke today and he made a really good point about how, look like I don't really judge teams in the first month of the season and then he kind of asked me what I thought about it and then I made the point of it's just more how you use that, you're um, proactive about using that month to develop certain things and then he he said exactly. He agreed, and that's kind of what I'm getting at here. How proactive are the Suns about using this time to improve in other ways instead of just trying their hardest to win games? Because if uh, they're just trying their hardest to win games, and Booker's usage percentage is in the mid to high thirties over this stretch, that is not a pro. That is not a productive way to use this time. It's just it's just no. it, it is just not at all to say th- to say it very lightly at uh, all. But yeah. if they get just one. Kev, they don't need Mikel and DeAndre to both s- turn the light on here as offensive threats consistently, but if they can find a way to make one of those guys a top-two option in the offense for 20, 30 games, what I want to see out of Mikel, I want to see 18-plus points per game. I'm going to be the guy setting the high standards here. I want to see it. He's already at 15 right now. I know he's shooting lights out from everywhere, but he was nearly at 15 last year, and he didn't really put a lot together in terms of being consistent enough offensively. I don't want to see any more single-digit scoring games out of him. I don't. Last night, the Sixers loss was one until he scored six points in the last three minutes of the game when the game was over. It's done. He shot 79% at the rim last year. He shot 51% from the mid-range on over 300 attempts from the uh, 300 mid-range attempts last year. He shot over 50%, and then he's been a great three-point shooter for a long time. We all know it's there he just needs to be more aggressive it's funny how we talk about this with DeAndre and talk about hey he needs to be aggressive hey they need to draw stuff up for him it's actually the same kind of argument for Mikel to be honest and now I'm just focusing on Mikel here more because we've had this same talk about DeAndre over and over again but it's the same exact one with Mikel albeit in a different position of the floor but guess what Kevin it's great that it's in a different position of the floor because it's another guy a perimeter guy to have the ball instead of Booker who played the entire second half last night for... I I have no idea why. Well, I know he why. shut down
1: Tyrese Maxey.
0: I, I know why. Because they want to win the game. But yes. But just played 44 minutes. I, it's, they are... Man. Ooh, it is... Kellen's spicy here. Oh. I'm just frustrated that we are getting told in training camp that they're going to put these two guys on the ball more. And that this is the kind of thing where we're just hoping we have it together by April. Sounded like everything we wanted to hear. The type of mindset that you want to hear in terms of... Not that they're saying that we're willing to lose games to do this, but we are willing to not be our maximum threshold as a team right now in order Mm -hmm. to develop new things. Maybe I'm blind. Not maybe I'm blind. I'm definitely blind compared to NBA coaches and NBA decision makers and the people who are helping the Suns construct their offense and figuring out what to do. But it sure doesn't feel like to Mm -hmm. me we've seen that McKellen-Cam commitment and now to a certain extent it's just going to be about Mikel maybe a little bit we've seen it for DA but guess what Kevin guess who's taking more less shots per game this year DeAndre Ayton Chris Paul's field goal attempts are way down but DeAndre is taking less shots per game now the problem is he can't stay on the freaking floor because he keeps fouling and he's averaging I think over five fouls per 36 is what uh Mike Vila had on the on the timeline today but man there's just it to me and the reason why I'm why I'm getting a little frustrated here is just because it seems so obvious and it's like man if you guys just try really hard to go 22 and 8 over 30 games or 25 and 5 or whatever and you just push it that's not how you're going to that's not you maximizing the regular season. You're maximizing it in the wrong way because you guys have flaws and you need to address them. And they're not going to one one more thing. Well, I'm I'll go off. Can on I say it? this? Yeah, go. If you trade for Kevin Durant and one of Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Drayton, or Cam Johnson is left, you still need the you still need them a lot. You need them a lot on offense. A lot. It is not going to be just Devin Booker and Kevin Durant carrying the offense. You are going to need other guys to step up consistently. What Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Aiden and Cam Johnson, to be honest, have shown as offensive players this year and last year is not enough to get it done for what they would need, even in that situation. So you can sit here and say, okay, well, they're going to make a huge trade in January if you're the person that just believes Durant's coming, or if you believe that they're going to be able to acquire another big star or someone who's a real game changer that's going to help them offensively. They still need that internal improvement. It is not just you can talk about the memes and all that kind of stuff, like all this internal development and blah, 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 ha, 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 all the jokes. No, they need to improve still internally quite a bit. They do need to, or they're going to run into the same problems. And they're not going to lose to the Pelicans in the first round or the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals because they didn't prioritize this. But they would give themselves a lot better of a chance if they at least really, really tried. And I just haven't seen that effort yet 10 games in. And it's just frustrating as someone who takes this stuff in every day. I'm
1: going to read my tweets from last night during the game. They're all along these lines, and we don't know how long I'll be able to read any tweets at all. The Suns have the widest door open for someone to help Booker out, and nobody is taking it. You could like, you would like to force Aiden through that door as long as you can this early in the season. Now, I say that, and you called me out for, like, basically, not called me out. You basically, like, you know what's coming, Kevin, when you say that. And that's a bunch of people complaining about DeAndre Ayton being a number one pick, getting max money. And it's like, no, that's not the point. The point is, whatever he is right now, and we all can agree or disagree on what he is, you need to find out if he can be that dude because he has never had that opportunity over even like a five game stretch. Never. Never. And he's had flashes this season, and that's why his field goal percentages are down.
0: Even, where, the, even the Chris Paul segment I talked about where I was like, oh, my God, he's he's willing to lose games to get this guy going. It was never to the extent you're talking about, no. which is what we need to see in these games. End of shot clock.
1: Run offense through him. Make him make decisions when doubles come. Make him dribble it three times and see what happens.
0: Give it to him at the elbow with no one around and just see what he does.
1: Make him take things off Devin Booker's plate. Yeah. Make him get in pick and rolls in different way. I don't know, but you they haven't tried. And that's, the I think, where your frustration is coming from. Now, if you're a fan and you said, he's not it, that's not him, he's not him, that's fine. But then I go to Mikel Bridges and I said, look, for everyone telling me Aiden is bad, you know what? Mikel Bridges also can walk through, but is not. Like you said, he he can't do that. And... People can say, well, he's not that type of person. That's not his game. He's not the max player. So either we don't, if we're holding these two guys to the same standard, and we could go down the list, Cam Johnson's not healthy, then the standard should be, okay, do they walk through that door and do we force feed them more opportunities and more responsibilities when there's no other choice? Because there is no other choice, Mm -hmm. right? Especially if Chris, Chris Paul's not out there, we're gonna hit on that in a minute. Yeah, <clears throat> then if you say we're not gonna do that, then what do you want to do? Obviously, a trade, sure, but that's you can't just guess and assume that some trades coming out of thin air, even if you believe Kevin Durant's coming at some point, even if you believe Jordan Clarkson or some I don't know. So, I, I just don't understand. Like People took my things out of context about complaining about one guy or not guy another guy, but the whole point is both of those guys need more on their plate regardless if they're ready or not, I think, at this point. And
0: you the, find out. The root of everything we're talking about is back to something we've talked about over and over again on this podcast, which is how they got eliminated from the postseason the last two years, which was the lack of offensive options around Devin Booker. By then, Chris Paul was out of it. And what have you and I said time after time since the Dallas series ended? They need to treat it like that is probably going to happen again. They either need to drastically adjust to how they're using Chris Paul, which let's let's give them a pat on the back there. They have gotten him yeah. off the ball less, but to a detriment to where he's like not trying to shoot anymore. Really, it's 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 crazy. But it, and and who knows how much of that is on money, how much of that is on Chris? I don't know, and I don't really care to be honest. I just they don't.
1: need to have the conversations though about like Monty needs to go to McKel and be like, I need you to not
0: be yourself, maybe. But here's where we're at. Until I see all NBA Chris Paul again, this is not even all-star Chris Paul we're seeing right now. Like I saw um, Dan Devine of Yahoo Sports, one of the best NBA writers out there, was talking about um, Shea, who's having an amazing year for OKC right now. He's lighting it up. And he was talking about, man, I hope Shea can make the all-star team, but it's hard with all these people kind of out there. And I was looking at the list. I was like, yeah, Luca, yeah, Book, yeah, see Chris Paul. And I was like, wait, Chris Paul's not an all-star this year. He's not even even close right now with the way he's playing. It's It's just a matter of fact. So... All of that is at the root of this because now the Suns need a secondary score. They need one. And here is the case I'm going to make to all of you listening right now. Who is Denver's primary option? Jokic. Who's their second option? Murray. That's pretty good. Who's Minnesota's first option? I guess, Kat. Who's the second option? Anthony Edwards. That's pretty good. Who is the Golden State Warriors' first option? Stephen Curry. Who's the second option? Take your pick. Who's the Clippers' first option? Kawhi
1: or Paul, G- Paul, Paul George right now. Who's the other one? Kawhi, I guess. Who's
0: Dallas's first option? Luca. Let's move on. Yeah. Who is Memphis's <laughs> first option? Ja. Who's their second option? Desmond Bain. Yeah. Who is really really good? He's really good. Who's New Orleans' first option? CJ, I guess. Ingram. Zion. Who's their second option? Who's their, I don't option? Know. Who's their third option? <laughs> Desmond Bain this year is averaging 24 points per game. He is shooting Ooh. 47, 46, 46, 89 from the field right now. Yes, 46 from three. Um, You need a secondary score. You need it. And you have these two guys who could potentially, look, are they going to be on the levels of all those guys we just talked about, secondary scores? No. But they need a secondary score. If you think I'm being cute here, Kev, I'm just picking the... Gargantuan West, where all these secondary options are. Who's the Celtics' first option?
1: Tatum. Who's second option? Brown. Nets. Durant or Kyrie. Sixers. Embiid. Harden.
0: maxi Well. Raptors. Yeah, now. Ooh. and Bambley. Yeah. Bulls.
1: Levine DeRosa. Cavs. The Guards. Milwaukee, Giannis, Middleton, Drew, the Hawks. Yeah, there's so many the backcourt. Yes, John Collins, third, right? The Heat, Jimmy, well, hero. hero, Yeah, there's just
0: they gotta get a guy.
1: There's no seventy
0: percent of the league has this second guy, and if they if they're not gonna trade for him, they need to they need to try and develop this guy. They need to, and this is just can see it coming from a mile away that these same things are going to happen again and look to the same discussions we had with James Jones they know they know but the the proactive nature is just not there and I'm getting frustrated almost ahead of time because we need to see about 10 games without Cam Johnson I think five to be honest five without him to see how quickly they adapt, maybe they want to get home first. Maybe it's just not something if went on a road trip. I don't know how easy it is to change parts of your offense to this degree, but they but they need to start doing it. They they I just will, really need to start doing it.
1: I will say there's something where I think coaches do not want to go say go to Mikel Bridges and be like, I don't want you to play like you have been, which is super great teammate, pass, right play every time. That's why your shooting percentages are so high and make him I guess think outside what he normally thinks and normally plays and then it might ruin his confidence or something. But I'd be curious to talk to a coach who has to deal with the athlete in the situation where it's like, Hey man, like how do you have a conversation with someone where it's like, I need more from you, even though you do everything. And that's the thing about Mikel too, where Monty always, how he talks about that dude is this guy does everything for us as far as defense, People don't give him enough credit for rebounding. He does have, you know, a reasonable amount of offensive touches, but you got to ask for more when you are at this point and you've been in the league this long. You've gotten your contract, the second contract, um, and the same with DA, and you need to, I think bring the best out of them by pushing them into uncomfortable
0: positions. So you I think knew, that's... You knew Chris Paul's age was coming to you just knew yeah. it was coming. You signed him to this deal. You knew it was coming. Look, even with Chris Paul's numbers going down the finals run, he averaged 19 points per game and he shot 50, 45, 88 from the field. He averaged 18 a game last postseason, 56, 39 and 95 from the field. That level of contribution if, that's, if we're not sure that's going to be there anymore, which is what we're at right now. We're there. We're just not sure now. It's been 10 games. I haven't seen mid-range Assassin, mid-range Maestro. I need to see it for a couple of games now before I start to treat it like it's going to be a certainty to be back, which is the certainty that I give all the all-time greats who play this long and have been doing it for so long. But as you've been pointing out, it seems like it's it's a little bit of it is physical and his ability to get there. Now I mean, much did of it you see him-
1: Chase down that uh play. I don't know if he turned it over, but he, he basically hunted down the someone take from the yeah. He
0: did the take back, yeah. That looked like a
1: lot of effort for him. Like just running and I was like, oh man, that was a lot of effort he put into that. But it kind of also made me realize, oh, he does he's struggling to get up there. Um I, I will say this us talking about this coming off that Philly game. Look. Mikel basically got stopped at least two or three times in pick and roll situations where Embiid does the, I, you don't know if I'm going to get back to the big rolling or if I'm just going to block your shot. And also Embiid being on Aiden matters too. Um, that's a defensive player of the year guy every year, should be. So that does have some impact on D.A. and Mikel not having the confidence yesterday to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll be the number two today. We need it. So that being said, I think we saw it with Book in the first week where he just went into takeover mode, had that stretch with D.A. rolling against Dallas. I know that's one team that played them that way that allowed that to happen, but I think part of it is him too being like okay I can't just go into takeover mode even though I want to win I need to talk with these guys and and get them to in the middle of a game when someone goes down like Chris like switch the mindset and and that's where I think that team can grow so there's time but if we keep seeing this repeated pattern over and over again, where it's just Book and Mikel playing 40 minutes, Mikel's not even scoring double digits, then yes, that
0: is wasted time. Quickly hitting on uh, Chris Paul in case he misses a game or two or misses a couple, whatever the case is here with the extent of his injury. <clears throat> this is the shortest part of the rotation at point guard. Alfred Payton and Aaron Holiday leave. They are not replaced by no one. Two-way guard Dwayne Washington Jr. is someone we've been excited about on the podcast. We liked what we saw in preseason. Kid can score. There's a path. i said this uh, when the preseason wrap, there's a path to him being a rotation player that you can see. With that being in mind, he told us that this is his first time playing point guard. So factoring him into the replacement Thing. I'm not I'm not quite sure. What we can say is Campaign would be starting in that case, and that's a great thing because Campaign has been awesome as a starter. Last year, his assists per 36 minutes off the bench 6.8 as a starter 10.9. That is compared to 11.8 for Chris Paul. Both of them turnovers per 36 as starters were 2.6. Huh. So his assist to turnover ratio was 4.15 as a starter. Campaign's was compared to 2.16 when he came off the bench. He was certainly not Chris Paul by any means, but he was putting up Chris Paul-esque numbers in the, in the two numbers you care about the most, which are assists and turnovers, just because of the production you get there. Now, the game management stuff, you can't get that from anyone on the planet except Chris Paul. But with that being said, you can get some of that production from campaign. He's always been pretty good as a starter. And last year, he was excellent. I'm not concerned about that. What I am concerned about is the fact that there is not another point guard on the roster behind him. Alander Shaman's going to get on the ball more. Josh Okoji's going to slide into a rotation role maybe that works, maybe it doesn't, but I think if Chris is going to again, we're, we're two hours away from finding this out potentially or, or maybe a little bit longer, but if this is a day-to-day thing, if if it's not a day-to-day thing, even if it might be a day-to-day thing where he misses a week or whatever, they might need to sign a point guard because it's, it's slim pickings. Let's see. Dwayne Washington was away
1: from the team again. Uh, just had a kid. Congrats.
0: So that adds to that kind of congratulations to him as well sketchy. Best wishes to ish wainwright as well lost his father <laughs> in our thoughts so they're thin everywhere
1: right now yeah. yeah and i don't know i think they can survive at point guard just the general like especially if campaign's starting to i know it's very theoretical right now and could be moot in a couple hours but pace you would say picks up tremendously but that is limited if you're Playing Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges forty minutes, um, yeah, they they need to trust their bench more. I think Damian Lee is a guy who already the last two games is seeing a lot more time just with Johnson being out. Um, and I think his quick trigger, he needs to be ready to shoot. And same with Shamit, which we didn't. He didn't play enough last night for me to even gauge whether he was like engaged. Eleven minutes didn't score. Yeah. So guys need to be ready to shoot. And that's why I think the loss of Cam Johnson was a big deal because you just saw how, like, I don't think he's ever going to be dribbling, dribbling, creating off the bounce very much. But if you have a guy who can shoot that well and has such a quick, it looked like he worked on how fast his shot got off and he was ready to gun in the corners. Like, how quick he gets his shot off, how willing he was to shoot was super promising because it's like, dude, if... You lead us in field goal attempts, then people will be scrambling all night long. And I know that's not going to happen with Book on your team, but that's why that loss was such a huge deal. Only took nineteen threes against Philly. Yeah, that needs to change. Um, but yeah, personnel is tough. Torrey Craig's not that guy. So so we're I, I've talked this whole episode about guys going out of their lanes, basically. Which I don't know if that's a recipe for disaster but at some point the guys who get the lot of the most money probably need to go out of their lanes more stop throwing
0: screen passes try something different you know like just don't do the same thing over and over again try something new look if they if they if they go again if they go 14 and 16 over these 30 games but McKellen and DeAndre are really productive i think that's a win i i'm being honest if they're 21 and 19 when cam comes back yeah and Mikel and DeAndre are proving to be consistent offensive threats. I really do think that that's enough. I really do. We'll see. We'll see how it how it leans into. And again, don't rely on the numbers as much. Watch the games where you'll see where they're being used because I think Mikel has more or less been used in the same spots from what I've seen. I think DeAndre has been the one who's been more involved, if anyone. Yeah. I really like how... That's on, why his
1: field goal percentage is down. Like I, on, I, I'm i fine with... If he's shooting 50 instead of 60, I'm fine with that. It because... seems like on
0: pick and rolls now, there's more of a proactive effort by him and the team to, once he rolls and it's not there, to get to seal somewhere. And then if it's on the left, Chris swings to the left where Mikel or Cam or Book is and then the entry pass is there. They've been doing that a bit more, which has been good uh, from what I've seen and what my eyes tell me, but... Yeah, th- there's just obvious things to work on here, and it doesn't seem like there's been an effort to work on those things so far, and there needs to be a shift in mindset, which was where the uh, the energy came from, from us two in particular. Anything else before we go? No, I I guess I'll reiterate real
1: quick. It is on the players. Like, Monty could be telling them all this stuff, and, like, there's just this intense will to win where things kind of go out the window. And in the moment, like the Philly game, when someone gets hurt and another person gets hurt that you didn't expect to be hurt, then, yeah, it's tough to, like, kind of change mindsets in the game. But
0: we'll see. Is Jay Crowder going to get traded between episodes? No. No. That's how we're going to end every episode now, I think. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting when we do the trade deadline preview. <laughs> I, yeah. Good De- luck staying in shape, Jake. December Crowder. 15th, that's when, like, a third of the league... This roster can start to be traded. And then, of course, January 15th is the DA date, but December 15th is a big one. Yeah. That's probably what's holding them up, I would assume. I assume they're they close to a deal or they have a deal they like right now, and that's why we're sitting here. I, again, me being optimistic. I don't know, man.
1: February? What is it? February, mid-February is the trade deadline. So there are basically like two kind of
0: half deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Two mid-level salaries for guys not playing, and they have a whole lot of draft picks. Go use them. Get after it. Boswell look good. I need to watch it. I think I'm going to watch it He's tonight. like a bigger Chauncey Billups. Okay. We we won't go go to Cats Talk until conference play starts just to make sure it's worth everyone's time. That's what we did last year. We It was like 30 games and we were like, oh man, this is the best team in the country. We'll wait, but. It's not that. How'd V look?
1: Skinny. Yeah. He's a young guy. Tubellis knows how to play basketball oh, again. Oh my God. So the best player news. on the team.
0: I've said it. Point guard who hates me. I saw the full court pass. That was cool. I saw the highlights. Oh, from the yeah. Game. He's just cruising
1: right now. Cool. Three shots, I think. The point guards basically are just like, I don't need to do stuff.
0: Did, Unlike ASU's point didn't guard. Didn't struggle against Tarleton State, that's for okay. sure. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening, as always. Uh, Zimmerman Az on Twitter for Kevin. Kellen Olson for me. Empire of the Suns for the podcast. We only tweet there when we have a new podcast. But, hey, it's a good way to know when. New podcasts come up, ArizonaSports.com for more Cardinals meltdown coverage and more uh, Suns not getting injured, hopefully, and making trades and uh, improving internally updates. We'll see you then. Bye.